Today we're going to continue in our series in the book of Philippians, and we'll be in chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. 1 through 11. We have been talking in our series and speaking to this epistle, this letter of Paul the Apostle to those that are in Philippi, and I've reminded you several times, and I will briefly again, that this is again a town in what we would know as Greece, that is in Europe, where Paul went in response to the Macedonian cry from Asia and brought the gospel into Europe. So these are not Jews. In our scripture today, it's in, it's in Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. And this concept that they're not being Jews is important because some of the traditions that and laws that some would try to impose upon them could cause conflict and does, I believe, cause some conflict. We see it in other parts of Paul's writing where they have the circumcised and the uncircumcised. We're going to be reading about that briefly in just a couple minutes. Circumcision was part of, if you think back into the Old Testament, if you're familiar with that, Abraham was given that by God as a sign of the covenant between him and Abraham and the promises that God gave to Abraham. And so this became a requirement for all the, the, the men on the generally the eighth day to be circumcised as part of being part of the Jewish community. Even those that would proselyte or come into the Jewish faith would have to go through this activity. And this is the sign of the covenant that was made with Abraham. The old covenant. But now we know that in the New Testament, in this period of the new covenant, you might say that we have our salvation through Jesus' death and resurrection. We must be careful that we don't just leave Jesus dead. Jesus isn't still on the cross like the people that carry a crucifix might, think, might display. He's way off the cross. He resurrected from the dead, and as in his resurrection, we have victory. Yes, his blood was shed for the redemption of our sins, but there would be no victory unless he rose again. What victory would that bring if it, if if his death was the end. But we have victory because he arose. We have victory over death. We can have victory over sin. And so here Paul is writing to these people at this church in Philippi, which he planted when he came. He's lifted them up and gave the positive, but now he warns them to be careful. And so let's read that scripture in Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. 
though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteous, righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these if I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, and not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is in him, from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. As we come into and we look at verse 2, he says to them, Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. Now, when we think of dogs nowadays, we think of a pet. Unfortunately, some people think of them as children, which they're not. But at that time, a dog was considered a scavenger. Something to be looked on, down on. Something that, that fed off of other things. So he's being, beware of dogs. Basically, those that are going to scavenge off of you, those that are going to feed themselves off of you. Those evil workers, working evil. And it says, beware of the mutilation. <clears throat> I think the NASB might call it, uh, I don't have it exact, but like false circumcision. Circumcision, as I'm not going to go into the details, but it's, it, it's, it's, a medical, it's like a medical procedure. And if you don't know what it is, I can explain it to you later. I'd rather not, but I, I can. See, there were some that were trying to draw them back from, remember I said these were not Jews. Could have been Jews in Philippi, but they're not predominantly Jews. They're not, that's not the culture. This is not like being in the center of <coughs> Jerusalem at that time. And you're going to see Jews everywhere. This is in Europe. This is in Greece. These would be Gentiles, non-Jews. But there were some coming along and basically saying, listen, <clears throat> you need to be circumcised to be part of the covenant. They were trying to, and this is why he called it a false circumcision or a mutilation, 
They're going to have to go through the process of circumcision so that they could be part of the old covenant. But see, there's a new covenant. There's a new promise that comes through the blood of Jesus. And these are trying to pull him, pull these dogs, as Paul's alluding to, these workers of evil, trying to pull them back to a works-based, <clears throat> religious experience. And Paul uses the word flesh. If you think about flesh, it's the non-spiritual in a way. It's more worldly. It's more the things they did. Pulling back to this ritualization, which would rob them of the experience that they have with their spiritual relationship with God. Trying to delude that what you have in your relationship with Jesus is insufficient for salvation. Undermining their faith. And Paul wants to have nothing to do with that. Now we talked to previous message that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But it's not the works that save us, but once we are saved, there is a repentance, which means it's a change, and then we should endeavor to maintain a relationship. We should walk worthy of that which Christ has given us. There should be a a reflection of our relationship in Jesus, which we find this also in James, right? That faith without works is dead. There should be some effect of Christ living in us. But you can't go through the works and go around Jesus to get there. Paul's saying, don't let them come along and go take you through this mutilation, this surgery, and undermine your faith that it's Jesus Christ who you have your faith in that is the source of your salvation. You can see that in some religious circles, maybe even today, it's like, okay, yeah, you're a Christian, but to really be a Christian, you have to go through these particular rituals. So he's warning them. Don't be drawn back. Because... See, those that were of this, what Paul was calling dogs, would basically saying, my salvation that I have is better than the salvation you have because mine is based on, Paul says, don't allow it. He's re-encouraging them that their faith in Christ Jesus is sufficient Some might be holding back from that true walk with Christ through these activities. Paul says, for we are the circumcision. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. We are the circumcision. We are the ones within the promise. 
We are the ones within the covenant. We are the ones that have moved forward. Living where God would have us to to live. Doing the things he'd have us to do. Because we're under a faith, a belief, a salvation that is authored by Christ Jesus. Not in these fleshly things. And have no confidence in the flesh. That these activities, that the killing of bulls and sacrifices and ritual can save us. So there's that conflict. But you can see that if you believe that these other things are what saves you, you've undermined the power, the saving power of Jesus. Paul continues, though, I might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm more so. He's like, yeah, you, you talk about all these things that need to be done or you've done, and you think that gives you confidence. He says, I got all that stuff, and I'm probably more than what you've got. And later he's going to say, it's not enough. Now, what's the things that he looks at? And maybe we can find instruction in those. He is circumcised the eighth day, as required. Talking about they need to be circumcised. He says, so I've got that checkbox. He's of the stock of Israel. His heritage. He's born into the right family. He's born Jewish. He's not not even transplanted and circumcised in as a proselyte. He's circumcised and he was born with the heritage. Of the tribe of Benjamin. He can link it right back. A Hebrew of the Hebrews. A Hebrew of the Hebrews. He's part of the Hebrew culture. Likely then part of, right, because he understands the law of things, of the Hebrew language. He's born in the right families. He's part of the right culture. His family has been, it's like saying, well, my family has been part of this church for 50 years, 100 years, 150 years. I've been part of this denomination. He's got all that heritage. He's got that heritage of of part of the community. He's got the ethnicity. He's got the activity, the ritual of circumcision. He's got all that stuff. Concerning the law, he's a Pharisee. He knows the law. He's a Pharisee. They interpreted the Mosaic law very strictly. They knew the law. They knew the pieces and the parts. He knows all those pieces and parts. So he's educated. He's got the ethnicity. He's got the heritage. He's got the community. He's got the ritual, he's got the education. And as far as earthly righteousness, he says, and righteousness which is in the law, blameless. He can check all the boxes. 
all the boxes of ritual, all the boxes of knowledge, all the boxes of culture, all the boxes of ethnicity, all the boxes of a works-based religion. He checks them all. Verse 7, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet I indeed also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. This is not something mediocre. This is the excellence. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Yeah, I had all these bona fides. I had all this list. I could check them off. My list will compete with the best of them. But it's rubbish. It's trash. It doesn't matter. Compared to being part of the true circumcision, the true inheritance, having inheritance from Christ, the true excellence of a relationship with Jesus and the knowledge of Jesus Christ just is way above all this that I have no confidence in. Verse 9, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means. I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul's reminding them. Paul's reminding them and encouraging them that their faith in Christ is sufficient. Don't get distracted. It's about Jesus. Don't get distracted about all these other things. People can lift ritual above relationship with God. You ever run into someone that maybe they go through their ritual of church on Sunday and you look at the week. Or they go through their ritual at some time in their life they were baptized. Or sometime in their life Maybe they were baptized as an infant and they were confirmed, they might call it, during a catechism or something when they were 12 or 13. I went through the rituals, so I'm good. Paul went through all those rituals and he says, it's not enough. It doesn't matter. I have no confidence in that stuff. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now we skipped over one. In verse 6, if we go back to verse 6, it says, this is in this list where Paul's saying, I have, if anyone else has, thinks in verse 4, he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Now we jump to verse 6, as part of that list, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. 
concerning zeal persecuting the church. If I think about the word zeal, I think about the word from the standpoint that I have passion and I'm sincere. I'm sincere and I have passion. I'm sincere and I have passion. In my work life, I've had the occasion to meet, talk with, work with people from various parts of the world and various religions. On one occasion, I was talking with someone from India who was a Hindu of the religious caste. In India, I think that's illegal now, but I think it's still there. They have, you're born into a caste, a hierarchy that determines where you fit. So if you're in the caste that takes out the trash, you're born in the caste that takes out the trash, that's what you do. You're born into that arrangement. He was part of the religious caste. And what he said to me was they believed that whatever religion that you were part of, and if I paraphrase what he told me, that if you do it with sincerity and, and a pat, more or less passion, then that is sufficient. If you do it with sincerity and passion, then that is sufficient. In our culture, especially as we have other religions influxing into our culture, we come from, in the America, United States, from a Judeo-Christian tradition. And so when we say God, we think Yahweh. When they say God, other religions, they mean something else. So Hindus, might, it might be Brahma. And so to get by some of these things in, in, in the Constitution, well, in God we trust. That's okay because it could be any God you pick. Now, where we're at now is we have this, some might call it Eastern mysticism, so we see those kinds of things where we have crystals and all kinds of things going on, but part of that is there's multiple ways to God, which you know, you've heard us preach it enough, or already knew. There's no way to God except through Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. So, if you don't believe Jesus, then you have to throw him out as a lunatic. Because he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But if you believe Jesus is a good prophet, then you have to believe that that part is true too, else you're saying your good prophet is a liar. You can't have it both ways. But see, Paul says he was zealous, which matches up with that sincere passion that that Hindu spoke about, that guy in the priestly caste, the religious caste. 
sincerity doesn't cut it either. There's people that are going to tell you there's multiple ways. There's multiple ways, but they're not. They might say, just like there's multiple ways to get to the airport. They might use an illustration like that. But can I tell you that when you go to get on that airplane, if you don't have a ticket that's stamped with the blood of Jesus, you're not getting on that plane to heaven. Jesus comes in the second coming, and all the dead in Christ arise, and those are with us still remain, will we meet them in the air when we rise? You're not going to be rising if the ticket's not stamped with the blood of Jesus. It's not going to happen. You can be sincere and you can be passionate and you could have went to church all that time. It says many will say, Lord, Lord, and you'll say in that time, I do not know you. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I can be sincere. I can be passionate. I can do the religious. I can do the ritual. Even to this point of mutilation, as he said. I can do all those things. And miss it. Paul's telling them, don't get distracted with these things. I've got all the things they're telling you you need. And that's rubbish. It's fleshly. It doesn't work for the excellence that's in Jesus. So if you don't know what to do about your faith and you want to get fellowship with Christ in heaven and you want to continue, get deeper in Christ. And the ones that come along and say, oh, you've got to do this. And you got to do, you need to get this book, and you need to get that book, and you need to get this book and that book. Be careful. Be careful. The things they read into those things, one of the things that threw me on my head a little bit is this whole prayer of Jabez. They took the prayer of Jabez, and it's almost like they wrote the whole scripture out from, they took a little verse and just went all everywhere, spiritualizing it to make it, this is the book. Relationship with Jesus, the blood of Jesus, no other way. There's no other way. There's no other way. So be encouraged in your faith. Keep going. Don't get, let them distract you. Don't let those come and nipping at your heels like dogs trying to trip you up. Just keep going with Jesus, reading your word. On the Holy Spirit and to instruct you. Because some are going to come along, they're going to talk big words, smart words, and use the Bible to try to twist you up. But you know what? They don't know the Bible. Yeah, they read the Bible. Satan knows the Bible. But they don't really know the Bible because if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't really get into what God's trying to tell you. The Holy Spirit convicts through His Word, God's Word doesn't return to Him void. Don't let them trip you up. Stay firm in your faith and belief in the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Let's be standing together.
May we be encouraged today, Lord. To set our anchor. To set our footing. To set our foundation on a relationship with you. Gained through the shedding of your dear blood. Your grace extended through us that through faith we can believe in you and have forgiveness of our sins as we repent and change instead of going from you, going towards you. And it's you to make a difference in our lives and affect how we walk. Let us not get distracted in rituals. It's nice to have traditions we learn from, we're reminded of, but it's about you. Help us not refocus on the ritual or somebody being passionate or just learning and learning. It's about a relationship. Yes, Lord, we need to learn, but help us to apply it as you would teach us. Help us not only to have head knowledge, but heart knowledge. Help us not to be discouraged. When people say, you ought to do this, and you ought to do that, and you ought to do this. When it's fleshly. But help us to worship you, to serve you in spirit and in truth. To be encouraged this day, in the midst of all the turmoil, that we're on the right path. We're on the only path. And though none go with me, still we will follow. Bless us this day, we pray in Jesus' name.